Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you guys get your podcasts. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast, Cinematic Adventures, and our friends over at You Hate to See It. I'm Paul, one of your hosts, and I'm just doing the intro for you guys today. So today we're uh, throwing it back to actually an interview we did last year that we never released on MF Uncensored, and that was with the man who wrote the James Bond movie encyclopedia, Steve Rubin. This is an interview with myself and Sean from Cinematic Adventures, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking to him. It was part of our series of uh, James Bond style movies, and it led to this interview where Steve knows his stuff. He was on set, he was in the the studio, he knew Connery, he knew Brosnan, he knew every uh, standing Bond actor at the time, and he did a lot of work and a lot of research into this, so uh, we had a lot of fun talking to him, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Before we jump into the interview, just a reminder, if you guys are looking to start your own podcast, maybe you guys have been listening to us for a while, maybe it's something you guys have always wanted to do, but you weren't sure how to get started, we got you covered. If you guys go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you guys can get a free month of podcasting on us. That's a thank you from us to you guys, our listeners. And if you're looking to start up a show, reach out to us. Let us know. We would love to work with you guys, love to do some networking, and we're always looking to grow our brand, grow our shows, so make sure you use that link. Or if you guys have your own online service or business and you're looking to do a little bit of advertising, an important part of any business venture, if you guys go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you guys get $100 of free advertising. Again, a gift from us to you guys. And without further ado, on with the show. You're listening to Cinematic Adventures, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of napalm in the morning. You're going to need a bigger boat. I feel the need, the need for speed. Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? Vargas? We don't need no Vargas. I don't have to show you any stinking Vargas. You make me want to be a better man. Nobody puts baby in a corner. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. He's looking at you, kid. I've always depended on the kindness. Strange. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Would you be shocked if I put on something more comfortable? You know how to whistle, don't you, Steve? You just put your lips together and blow. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Cinematic Adventures. If you're listening to us on the go, you can catch us on our home network, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and again, anywhere else you can get your podcasts. I don't know why we keep listing them every time, but hey, you know, by now, if you don't know where to get us, you just don't want to listen to us. So as always, I'm Sean, one of your hosts, and, and, and I'm here with, with a guy. He is a guy. He's always a guy. He still is a guy, and that's Paul. Paul, how are you? I'm a little scared. Sean seems a little cranky today. I'm not cranky. I'm fine. If you don't know where to listen to us. If you don't know, I'm really, by now, if you don't know where to listen to us, you know, you're not listening. I heart radio. <laughs> 
yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm excited. This is a, an episode long in the making. It is. It is very much so. And we got to enjoy the movie or one of the movies last night uh, yes. that we are going to be discussing. And I, I'm I'm excited. This could be a fun one. It's going to be good. Um, for anyone out there who hasn't heard it yet. Um, please go back and listen to last week's episode of our podcast. We interviewed uh, Steve Rubin, the author of the James Bond Encyclopedia. And I got to say, it, it was awesome for me. And I know it was awesome for Paul. I'm not saying it wasn't. But just the amount of information we got out of him was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were just some I mean, there were some things I knew, but there were some things that I was just like, wow, I can't believe that. Um, so please go back and listen to that. It was a very fun interview. Very nice guy. Uh, we highly recommend reading that book. Um, and he's also got another one out, the complete, uh, encyclopedia of the twilight zone. Yeah. So I definitely would recommend that for any twilight zone fans out there. Yeah. So, uh, it's funny cause on one of our other shows, we, we mentioned Sean and we mentioned that one of the coolest things about Sean and what he brings to it, to uh, a podcast is he's got this wealth of knowledge. Like, He'll he'll throw out a movie fact from 1912 that still like blows my mind. Hey, thank you. But I'm not that good, but okay. You're, you're very good. You're very good. Just like you know, like uh, it was during we did a superhero team episode on uh, Multiverse Fancast. And we talked about like what makes a good superhero team, and you know, and then it turned into what makes a good podcast team. And you know, like for me, I can pull out like a, a superhero reference from yeah. out of nowhere. And you know, Sean's always been really good with movie references and trivia. Like a lot of times when he does like the trivia stuff. During our episodes, he's not reading anything. He's just like, oh, these are fun facts. But that interview, there were one or two things that both of us were both like, we did not know that. We did not. Um, very interesting. Just really good. Really good stuff. And I, again, can't, I mean, I don't want to keep harping on it. Harping but. on it, but please go go and listen if you want to hear some good backstory information of, of the James Bond franchise. Um, real quick, also, hope everyone out there had a happy and safe Thanksgiving uh, I know every one of us, you know, enjoyed it, you know, get some good food in you. And it was also, it was a, you know, I think it was compared to last year, it was just so nice being able to, you know, be Social, with people. Socialize. Socialize, you know, it, it was just really nice. But let's get, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Oh, I thought you were going to say, let's get down to business. And then I was going to say to defeat the Huns. Uh, see, I should, you know, we were, we saw Mulan last night and I was like, you know what? Yeah. But sorry, Paul, I'm not as good as you. Um, we are talking today, our final episode of our James Bond month, and we are going to be discussing the five films of Daniel Craig. Paul, in- how excited are you? I am very excited because this is including No Time to Die. It and is. This, we finally saw it. And spoilers. This is a spoiler-filled oh, episode. Absolutely. So. We'll, we'll, we'll give a, you know, a little alert when we obviously start discussing No Time to Die. It's going to be at the end of the episode. It'll be at the end of the episode, obviously, and we'll, we'll make sure, I mean, to harp on the spoiler aspect i mean the movie's been out now for a month and a half so do we really got to worry about people not knowing what happened but we're still going to tell you when when the spoiler comes just so people aren't like oh my god but let's start excuse me let's start back in 2006 oh we just graduated high school we did and so die another day which we discussed in our pierce browsen episode um came out in 2002 again financial success um they could have continued the pierce brosnan run as james bond they could have milked that for at least another maybe one maybe two more movies would have made money i'm sure it would have been all right to watch but the producers felt obviously after you know 9-11 and just where the world was at that time 
Uh, they didn't want the films to be, I guess you could say, you know, jokey. They didn't want them to be, you know, silly, over the top. They wanted to, you know, make them a little more grounded, a little more realistic. So they made they made a tough choice. They they pretty much told Pierce Brosnan's like, hey, I think we're done, you know, and we're gonna go in a different route and uh, we're gonna recast the character um, and go from there. And uh, um, as I've said in previous episodes, um, you know, Pierce Brosnan was not happy with that news, but he's accepted it since then. But uh, thank God. Yeah, no, I mean, right. You look back on it now, and you're like, I know. But back then, that was a that was a that was a tough call. Um, Paul, what can you tell me? If you what what do you remember about when you first heard Daniel Craig was cast as James Bond? Who's this blonde, blue haired guy? <laughs> we all thought it. Everyone we all did. We all it. did. I remember when they cast him, and it was around the same time. Do you remember the the Steven Spielberg movie Munich? Oh, yeah. He's in it. So I remember going to see Munich, and I was like, oh, we're going to see the new James Bond. Well, he does absolutely nothing in that movie that you would think he's Bond. I well, mean, He did know. more in uh, A Kid in King Arthur's Court. <laughs> wow. Deep cut. Throwback. Deep cut. Throwback. Woof. Anybody who gets that reference, uh, go check your back. See the chiropractor. Oh, yeah. God, I love it. I oh. love it. Him and Kate Winslet, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotta love it. But So they cast Daniel Craig as James Bond and it is just I think everybody and their mother despises the casting. That's like Heath Ledger level of uh, Joker casting. Michael Keaton is Batman. Yeah. You know, it's Oh it's, people freaked out. You know, how can you have a Bond that's blonde? Well, as I recall, Roger Moore wasn't James Bond. Yeah. Roger Moore wasn't uh black hair. He was about a brownish. I think because you had Pierce Brosnan for so long well, and yeah. you had Timothy Dalton and you Sean had Sean Connery, George Sean, Lazenby. Like, I mean, like they all they all have a similar look. Yeah, no, I I get it. We were just watching Mrs. Doubtfire before then and you know oh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, that's right. That's right before Goldeneye. Yep. Oh man. Well, Let's get to let's get to Casino Royale, Paul, because I it's think, one of the best James Bond movies ever. I said I, it. I don't. I do not disagree with you. I can watch the first twenty minutes of that movie and just be happy. Fair enough. It was on last night, and even like sitting there watching them, like I could just sit down right now and just be like, "Screw no type to die." Let's just watch this. Oh yeah, yeah. But, Quantum Quantum sucks, but we'll get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, we we will get to that. But so. For anyone out there who doesn't know, Casino Royale is the very first book written by Ian Fleming. And you ask, well, why did it take till 2006 to make a movie out of it? Well, the answer to that is that before this Bond franchise that we know and love today started, Ian Fleming sold the rights to Casino Royale to, I believe, CBS, you know, the, the television network, and they made a TV movie out of it. Nah. Which, you know, starred an American actor, um, which Steve Rubin actually mentions his name, Barry uh, Barry Nelson. Um, and it was absolutely horrible. And then they would go on to make a spoof James Bond film in the late 60s called Casino Royale. And that starred, you know, David Niven, Peter Sellers, Woody Allen, playing multiple different James Bond characters. And uh, the reason, again, why this movie was never done was they didn't have the rights to do it. So they were able to acquire those rights uh, in the early uh, 2000s, and uh, they decided that that was going to be the first step in their new uh, 
James Bond franchise. Which I think was the best way to go. It, it, it Honestly, it was a blessing in disguise. Because yes. without that story, I don't know where that where Daniel Craig would have gone as Bond. Mm-hmm. So let, let's talk about Daniel Craig as Bond. Uh, I would argue he is he's going to be a Generations definitive Bond. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's been I mean, our, 15, 15 years of him. Yes, but only five movies. Um, Pierce Brosnan was seven years, four movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, as as Steve said in in the interview, it, it really it's on the one you grew up with. I mean, like you know, we grew up with Pierce Brosnan. We were eighteen years old when when Daniel Craig took over, so we weren't like kids. Yeah, but we were in an age still where you know we wanted to see who was going to take this mantle and run with it, and mm-hmm. we weren't disappointed. Not even a little. I mean, that opening scene uh, with the parkour, like, don't get me wrong, the opening opening scene right before the uh, the credits, you know, yeah, with him. in black and white. And the bathroom. And, it, yeah. Like, it, it set the tone. Yep. And you see James Bond become, you know, double O and, you know, he's got a weird career, though, because he, like, quits at the end of this movie. Mm. Then he quits in Skyfall. And then he quits again at the end of Spectre. And, like, he, he quits a lot. Yeah. Personnel must be all over him. Like, is he working for us? So is he still... Double O seven. Do we have to pay him this week? <laughs> so, but like in all honesty, you have the intro of this new James Bond who is, he's darker, he's grittier, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty in different ways than we've seen other Bonds. Um, well, just that opening scene where he's literally drowning the man in the bathroom sink. I love it. You never saw that. I mean, you yeah. know, you really never saw that. Um, and... To turn from that to just him sitting in the chair with the other guy, and he just literally in two Blows seconds whip, whips out his gun and shoots him, you know, right in the head. I mean, that's Bond. Yes, that's Bond, and and this is his purest form. It, yes, and in and, and in no way am I. This is not Pierce Brosnan's fault. It's not you know Roger Moore's fault. But we never saw that with him. You saw it with Connery. Mm-hmm. You saw that can you know just be you know suave, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's a killer. You get that with with Daniel Craig in that first movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just—they just, say it. He's he's he wears a suit of armor all the time, and yes, he he'll be charming until you know he'll seduce the women, and he'll he doesn't care how his vodka's made in this movie. Oh, I love that. That's still a great line. This movie has some of the best callbacks to the franchise that they've ever. It done. did. It, it really did a good job of kind of you know making fun of the Bond tropes in a way. Obviously, with the you know vodka martini. Well, would you like a chicken or stuck? Do I look like I give a damn? I mean, everybody in the theater laughed at that. Oh yeah. I mean, the opening scene where it was sort of the, the, gun, barrel. the gun barrel, but it wasn't. You know, it was a different take on that. I like that. No money penny. Uh, no no Q. Q. So they really were like, okay, guys, we're starting from the beginning of Bond's career. Like, yeah. This is, you know, this is it. In all honesty, I could see that there was probably a cue that we just hadn't met yet. That's that's fair. I um, mean, that's fair, but... Obviously, <clears throat> money, it's funny, because as a kid, I thought Money Penny was a title. Hmm? I didn't think... I Like, I, it was just like a code name. I didn't think it was an actual person. So, you know, I'm sure M had, you know, a secretary. Yeah. But let's talk about M, the return, Judy Dench, yep. still playing her. Yep. Um, which is, again, an interesting call, because every... Bond, it's just a kind of um, continuation of the other actors. You know, M stayed the same throughout Connery and Roger Moore. Even um, 
Uh, Money Penny stayed the same throughout throughout most of them, and then obviously Q obviously went all the way to Worlds Not Enough until John Cleese took over the role. Um, with this one, it it felt like okay, well we're starting fresh, but you're sticking with Judy Dench, which didn't have a problem with it, but it just kind of felt especially like, the way that their relationship actually goes. Yes. So it was uh, it was definitely an interesting choice that they kept Judy Dench, but I, I loved it because she thought she was great. And for the record, she did have a secretary. Uh, Tobias Menezes played Villiers, and oh, yeah. his character's Tobias, last name. Yep, Tobias Menezes. I remember that. His, his character's last name is a reference to James Villiers, who played uh, Bill Tanner in For Your Eyes Only. Oh. Ah. But Tanner is still a character in the in this. Yes, uh, we saw him actually uh, in No Time to Die, and. Um, and all that, but we also have Eva Green as Vesper Lynn. Mm, this was kind of like her coming out party. Oh man, yeah, she like really like exploded yeah, after this. After movie, this. It just she was in a lot of stuff. She lot became stuff. Tim Burton's like new go-to actress. Yep, you we saw her in Dark Shadows, yep. uh, the sequel to Three Hundred, Sin City, like all those. She was. Oh, in, I forgot about Sin City. Yeah, she was everywhere. Uh, I really like Eva Green too. She's good. She's very good. She's very good. I'm very like into her craft. Um, but you also get her as the one of the newer love interests that actually has a lasting role, even though she dies in this movie. Spoiler alert oh, for Casino Royale. God, 15 years. Yeah. Jeez, Paul. Um, even though she does die in this movie, she has a lasting <clears throat> impact for the rest of the series. And that's what's unique about this. This is a series. This is a story. This is not your traditional James Bond where every movie is its own yes. individual story. And we're going to talk about that, obviously, when we talk about how it ends. Yeah. And, and then, again, this was an interesting choice on their part. Now, was it... Was it known from the very beginning, like, okay, guys, we're going to do every single Daniel Craig movie is going to be connected to this one? I think this Quan Masalas was being written while they were filming um, Casino Royale, but that's a bold move to to do that. We've never done that before. There have been some harks, harken backs to, to, the continuity. to the continuity in frequent Bond films. You know, obviously Blofeld uh, appearing in a couple different movies, then vanishing after Diamonds Are Forever. Um, you know, I don't think any Bond girl ever made an appearance more than once. No. Um, well, yeah. Uh, what's his face? Uh, Jack Wade. Jack Wade. Um, Felix Leiter movies. obviously appeared in, in in various few movies. Mm-hmm. Different actor playing him in in different ones. So it's 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 interesting that they went that direction. And and you know, it depending on your opinion of the movies, um, I think they did it very well. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. I think overall it did, you know, it overall the James, the the Daniel Gregg James Bond it's it's a great time. Like I even the ones that aren't as good, he is still so magnetic in the in the role mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean I just I can't like I can't not like him and that's the thing. So we got Casino Royale. We also had uh, who else? We had uh, Mads Mikkelsen who as oh, Le he was fantastic. He is fantastic, and this was my first real exposure to him. Yeah, and another actor who after this just kind of exploded in popularity. You know, he was on Hannibal, which was well received, but uh, unfortunately got canceled. Yeah, and he he sells it, and he sells the you know the again. Let's let's check our tropes. Uh, villain with a strange physical deformity. Uh, check. We were watching No Time to Die, and I was doing the checklist. I think oh, out, really? I think out loud. I even mentioned one or two. But yeah, like you get a lot of mention of that. And you know, who else? That we any other characters of note that we want to bring? Uh, Mr. White. Mr. White, who you know we didn't know at the time, but he's going to be a huge factor in these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the uh, what's the guy that helps them out? 
that he eventually Bond things turned on him, and you see him in the next one. Oh, uh, uh, wow. Yeah, we got this. Don't worry. It's uh, man, this sucks. <laughs> we we are terrible. Mathis. Mathis. Thank there you. There we go. Mathis. Got it. Yeah, he was sort of like their um. What's the word I'm looking liaison. for? Liaison. Liaison in uh, Montenegro. Montenegro. And uh, uh, eventually, you know, it is believed that he turns on them. When and he actually, gave them up, yeah. When he gave them up, when actually it was Vesper. Vespa. Is it Vesper or Vespa? Vesper. Vespa is something you ride. That's why. Yeah. That's why I, I got asked. you. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's what I'm here for. Thank you. But, um, so, so what? What are your? What are some of your favorite moments of this movie? Casino Royale. Uh, oh, the the parkour scene in the beginning. Uh, I I argue. I think I even mentioned it in the interview with Steve, where when he catches that gun mm-hmm. and throws it back at him, it is one of the most James Bond moments of James Bond history, and just that cool under pressure type thing. And we see it a lot in No Time to Die, where everybody else is freaking out, but James Bond's just like casually sauntering. Yeah. Like no, that's fine. We're, 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 we're fine. Good, guys. Daniel Craig pulls that off really well too. Though, like, there's chaos erupting behind him, and he's just walking around. And he's like, he has a drink. He fixes his cufflink. He like cocks a gun the, the, in a cool way. So like that 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 scene, that parkour scene in general, and also we saw this is the most physically capable Bond we've ever oh, seen. Oh yeah, we never. I mean, no. Again, no offense to Pierce Brosnan, but. Could he have done that? Right? No. I mean, he probably could have. If he had known he had to do that, he probably would have gotten in shape, but not, not die another day. J, uh, Pierce Brosnan, maybe Goldeneye Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he, you know, he's, um, he's much older at that point. But I mean, you know, we think Daniel Craig was, you know... Oh, yeah. He was 45 years old when, when, when Casino this Royale was, came This out. was also the time where actors were starting to get exceptionally ripped for the roles that they were going to play. Yeah. Uh, Marvel really spearheaded that sort of thing. Like, it, there's no... Like there's no uh, secret that if you're an actor in Hollywood, you if for certain roles you get into a certain shape. Marvel perfected the formula of having those like jacked. They made Paul Rudd jacked, like incredible. Well, did they make Paul Rudd jacked, or was he already jacked? I mean, do you really? It know? is Paul Rudd. We don't know. He's just so sexy. <laughs> but um, you know, this was a time where actors were getting into very like top physical form to portray, and you know, you get the shot of him coming out of the water, like you know, the the play on. Oh, that's the play on the Ursula Andress from Doctor No, and yeah. that's another hark back to the you know original where he films. was the one. Like now, it's him being oogled. Oogled. Like, and don't get me wrong, I'm a happily married man. I love my wife to death. But when Pierce, when uh, not Pierce Brosnan, when Daniel Craig washed out of that water, even I'm still like, dang. Yeah. Which is funny that they did that when they just did it in Die Another Day with Halle Berry. Yes. So they did it again. It just was slow motion. With, yeah, this time with, uh, with with Daniel Craig. It makes me wonder though, because like the shot is him coming up, like he, and he, you know, he comes out of the water like he was underwater, and then he just stands up. I was like, what were you doing? Were you just laying on the floor? <laughs> just gotta get my hair wet, cause. But yeah, like. I, I will argue though that that parkour scene is one of the best James Bond scenes of all time. Uh, I agree. I mean that. I mean to be right there at the beginning of the movie. I mean just that that sets you off. Mm-hmm. I mean that that perfect placement for that in the movie because we didn't know what we were expecting from no. this movie, and we're we're watching this, and I'm like, oh, well, okay. Well, if we're going here in the beginning, where's this movie gonna go? Um, I love you know the I love the poker. Oh yeah, the poker scene because just. The way he sells that, I love when he, after he gets poisoned, and he's that last was, hand that was, nearly killed me. Thank you. I mean, that sold him for me for Bond. Yeah. So Bond tropes, we've talked about it. If you mm-hmm. listen to our first episode, it's a lot of like the Bond tropes, the things that make a good Bond movie. And Daniel Craig, he does more quips each movie. 
he, he kind of adds some more of that dry yeah. wit. Uh, no time to die. When we talk about it, he makes a lot of jokes. He in does it. have he does have a good amount of quips in, in No Time to Die. Surprisingly, yeah. I think and they, they worked. They were good. Oh yeah, they they didn't seem too out of character. There no. were one or two times where I was like, he's he's like laughing a little too much at himself. <laughs> but um, yeah, like there's some great little puns in this, and uh, another great scene in Casino Royale is uh, the torture scene. <sighs> that was intense, and like, you know, he he no to the right, to the right. And just like, just shows how convicted James Bond was at that point. And then obviously he retires 47 seconds later, falls in well, love with Vesper. They travel. The, he should stop traveling the world with women. It's not working for him. <laughs> and yeah, he, you know, he retires at the end. And that, that and it still ends with a great action set piece in uh, Italy. And, you know, with uh, the building falling around them and Vesper drowns. And well, she kind of lets well, herself she, die. She pretty much kills herself because he could have saved her, but she yeah. was like, nah. Yeah. Well, she also knew that as long as he was alive and she was alive, that they would keep using her to get to him. Mm-hmm. And this is also the first time you have a James Bond conspiracy, and we don't get the real quote unquote payoff to it till Spectre. Yes. So let's. Do you want to do a Star City rating for Casino Absolutely. Royale? Four and a half. It is a near perfect movie. I agree with you. It's not perfect, but it's it's as close as you can be for a Bond film. As I much think. as people say Skyfall is the best of the uh, Daniel Craig's, I will argue who, that. Who says that? Most a lot of people do. Really? Skyfall is held. I mean, in Skyfall is a great movie. Don't get me wrong, but I still think Casino Royale is still the better one. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to the not better one. This was such a letdown. I I mean, though, if you can believe it, I've talked to people who believe this might be one of the better ones which really i don't agree with i just don't it just now let's 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 put it put it put it here now is it not good for us because casino royale which is such a amazing movie i mean it's very hard when you get that first movie that's just so you know over the top incredible it's very hard to top that yeah so i get that don't get me wrong i do get that it's very hard to top yourself but I just felt this was just such a letdown of a movie. I mean, it really was, and it, it, it had everything going for it. I mean, let's let's start off with the fact that I mean, it literally starts right where Casino Royale ends, which in itself is a unique choice. They've never done never that done that Bond before. Film. Now we also thought, oh, okay, this is just the pre the pre title sequence, maybe you know, and then it'll jump a year and or two later. And it turned out to be. He it had... turned out he just continued. I'm like, wow, that... they've never done that before. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Seriously. Um, so that, that was interesting with that car chase at the beginning. Again, Mr. White becomes a a huge factor in this movie after that. I love that ending scene in Casino Royale where he he calls him on the phone and then he shoots him and he drops the, uh, he drops the bond, James Bond. And with that music, best way to end the movie. mm -hmm. So, you know, to go from that to quantum, I mean, it just, are you okay? Yeah. It was, it was, it was upsetting. Yeah, uh, there so were some good moments. There are some great things in it. Uh, let's so let's talk about some of the good things. Uh, obviously, Daniel Craig returned. That opening shot with uh, the ropes. Yes, that is a great scene. Now, basically, they introduced this new organization called Quantum. Yes, and the whole time we're watching it, we're going, "It's Spectre." That's what yeah. That's what they kind of made it seem like it was going to be. It turns out it's just an offshoot of Spectre. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like they work with Spectre because obviously Spectre is going to be the bad guy. Yes. You know, that's James Bond, Spectre, and Erstav Blofeld. Blofeld. Are obviously James Bond's nemesis. Nemesis? Nemesis? They're the bad guys, guys. Nemesis. Nemesis. <laughs> but, um, 
that opening scene is fantastic. The car scene, the car chase is great, but they drop Mr. White off, and it's just like, oh yeah, like this guy. <laughs> he pulls him out of the truck. He was well, in the truck the whole time. He should I, be so dead. I love, I love when they're basically like interrogating Mr. White, and he kind of has that evil laugh. He goes, "We have people everywhere," and then like M's bodyguard just pulls out a gun, and starts shooting people. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. That's where we, we, we got. There, okay, there are people right. implanted all over the place. You know, you don't know who's bad, who's good. Um. So that that was good. The the villain I, I can't even I can't even tell you without the help of of Wikipedia the name of the villain in, uh, in Quantum Green. I just remembered Green. Um, and it had to do with oil. Um, not oil, water. Water. I That's thought it had right. to do with oil. No, it turns out that he owns the one water reserve in the area, and he uh, wants to. Yeah, yeah. Bolivia's but freshwater supply. We had um obviously again you know Daniel Craig get back. We had Olga Kurilenko. Uh, who's basically the Bond girl in this movie? Um, we also had uh, is it Gemma or Gemma? Gemma. Gemma. Gemma Archer Archerton, as uh, even though she's only called Fields in the movie, her actual name in the credits is Strawberry Fields. I thought they called her. They I actually... don't think so. I think she just says "Call me Fields." I don't think you actually hear Strawberry Fields. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Um, so let's talk about the Bond girls in this because they 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 break some of the tropes, right? Mm. So he does ne- he does not get with Camille at all. No. And they kind of establish her as a badass. Like she, you know, she gets her revenge. She does all these things. Yep. And she even said, um, uh, the actress, uh, she looked to Michelle Yeoh from Tomorrow Never Dies as sort of an inspiration. For oh, her absolutely. Character. And you could see it too. And then you have uh, Gemma Arnton as Strawberry Fields. They do a great job with the homage to oh, Goldfinger. Oh, to Goldfinger instead of gold. It's it's oil, oil. because they wanna they wanna make it seem like it's about oil yeah. to kind of throw Bond off the uh, the track. Uh, something I a scene I really love in this movie though I will not deny it is uh, when he goes to what is it an opera or a yes, show yes and he's talking and he listen, he's listening to them talking and, and then he, he jumps in and they all freak out like it was awesome that, that was, was a great that show. was a great moment that was a good moment I did the, like yeah, that yeah there are some really good James Bond moments and obviously the the ending with them you know just kind of storming the it's like a hotel type mm-hmm. thing is is great um, the plane scene where they where they're trying not to crash the plane and you know again you have the good banter you have the good quips and just oh man it is it it has moments i mean in no way are we sitting here saying that this movie is horrible it's just again it when you you're, start you're starting at a four and a half you're starting at a four and a half again in our in our standards and it just it's like okay this is like a three you know spoiler alert three and a half yeah. you know and around it's just kind of like Again, we understand you can't hit up here all the time, but it just felt like such a drop off. Yeah. So um, it was a bummer, but you know we knew there was going to continue. They weren't going to stop making Bond films. There's never been a Bond film where you're just walking out of the theater going like, "Well, that that just ended it." <laughs> yeah. Even Die Another Day, you didn't walk out of that going, "Well, they just no. ended the Bond franchise." Because that's Bond. I yeah. mean, you know, yes, it was over the top, but that's most Bond films are over the top. So, you know, I'll never walk out of a Bond film. Well, I'll... Yeah. You had to think about it. You had, had to think, think about, about it. it. But I'll stand by. I'll ne- I've never walked out of a Bond film going like, well, that's it. But yeah. So you're saying like a three-ish? I'm going to go with a three. I, I, I'll agree with that, it's, I think. It's, I, I, I need to go back and watch it. I will admit that. You mm-hmm. know, and, and maybe I'll appreciate it more. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going on my memory, and I just, just was very unimpressed with it uh, as a whole. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but there were still some, as we've said, there were still some moments in it that were good. 
But again, not every Bond film is good in, in everyone's opinion. You know, some people like, you know, a more Roger Moore films. Some people don't like Roger Moore films, you know? Timothy Dalton, good. too. Like, some that people too. love Timothy Dalton. I like License to Kill, but it's regard like highly regarded as one of the worst James Bond films. But You're I like worst. it. Your mom's one of the worst James Bond films. Whoa. 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 So then let's talk what's considered one of the better ones. Skyfall. I love Skyfall. Yeah, Skyfall is a good one. The theme song alone. Oh, Adele. I mean, you know. It is It is so good. And it does have one of my favorite James Bond, Daniel Craig moments, where uh, he jumps into the train and he fixes his cuff like first that he keeps walking. Love it. Skyfall. Yeah. Thoughts. Go. <laughs> well, I mean... When they announced Skyfall coming out, we were just like, okay, Quantum of Solace was a letdown, but let's assume this one's going to be better. It can only be better. Very shocking if you walked into this movie and it was even worse than Quantum. So I kind of felt good. Uh, I was looking very much forward to Javier Bardem as the villain. Uh, yes. Uh, Raul Silva. He's good in anything he does. So I was like, okay. We're going to have a good villain. Obviously, Judy Dench is back. Sam Mendes is directing it. An Academy Award-winning director is directing a Bond film. So, like, that was a huge uh, plus for me because um, he's fantastic. You yeah. know, for anyone out there who's never seen American Beauty or Road to Perdition, go see it. Or was the one that just came out um, that he did uh, two years ago, 1917? Yes. I think, which is, like, fantastic. So, right there, just having him directing it, I was like, okay, this movie's going to be good. Now, so. this movie also brings a lot of things back to form for Bonds. You mm-hmm. have the introduction of, of Money Penny, who they don't actually call Money Penny until, until the, the very, very end. end. Which I liked. Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. Like, we knew. No, I. You didn't I, know? I, I, I wasn't sure. Like, Anytime they don't name a character, uh, you know they're going to be somebody important to the maybe. mythos because you want that reveal. Um, you get the, uh, the new Q, who is yep. a very different type of Q, young kid, um, apparently gay. Uh, they, the character. Yes. We find out in No Time to Die. Mild spoiler. But um, yeah, like you, you get some of those things. He gets the radio beacon and the brand new gun. The Q we knew just from the trailers. They, they didn't hide Q. Like they, they, they promoted that Q was going to be in this Oh movie. yeah. They, it's a gr- and it's one of my favorite scenes yes. where the two of them kind of first they do their little witty back and forth. Mm-hmm. Then they both smile and shake hands and they're like, Q, 007. And like that, that's their rapport and it's great. Yeah. But I love... That they made Money Penny an agent. Like yes, she starts off as an agent, and and you know what? It's not for her. Yeah. Um. She sh- she shoots Bond. Um. That's a great opening scene. Oh yeah. With the train, high stakes, tense, and you know she's like, you know, she's 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 perched and she's ready to take that shot, and whether you know she misses and she hits Bond, and obviously he falls, and that's when the theme song comes in. I mean, it was it was just so good, so yeah. good. Oh. Um. Yeah. But it was also uh, with Javier Bardem as Raul Silva. It was a sort of a hark back to um, Sean Bean in Goldeneye, where he a, was a former, a former M- uh, MI6 agent. Now, not so much against Bond. This time was against M. Yes, you know. So it's M- also the first movie where uh, we see MI6 get destroyed. Yes, like fully destroyed. Yep, and. I still the, one of the best scenes is when they have Sylvia in custody and he takes out the the mouthpiece oh, and then his whole like side face of just his like, face just like so basically what happened was he was captured and rather than give up uh, I guess he resents M because she betrayed him to the Chinese government in his mind and he was tortured and he tried to take his cyanide pill but it didn't work and it permanently disfigured him and that is just a gross mm. and painful looking type thing. 
So, oh, it's really like he's a great villain. Um, he chews the scenery when he comes on, you know, talking about rats and then feeling up James Bond's legs. And Bond's like, what makes you think this is my first time? He's like, oh, Mr. Bond. Just they have a great. They and, do. And then we have uh, some new Bond girls that are introduced. Also, we have uh, Severine. And that's one. It's one of the few times in this movie that really just I don't like. It's when, like, afterward, she literally tells James realizes that she used to be a former sex trade uh, victim, mm -hmm. and now she's like a, a mistress in the organization. She worked her way. I hate to say, it. I don't want to say it like that. That's weird, but like, basically, she's still in this organization, and she wants to get out. Mm -hmm. So after finding out that she was a child sex slave, James is like, "I'm gonna sneak up on her on the shower, and we're gonna make love." It's a great shot. Don't get me wrong. Like the the really weirdly placed shower. Um, but it's just, that's the one scene that just does not sit well with me from this movie. You know, you also have, um, as we mentioned, Naomi Harris, uh, is the new money penny. Um, and you think he, she's going to be a bond girl, but like, I yeah. love, they build up the tension between the two of them. They do. The um, shaving scene. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, you have Albert Finney, the great, um, actor, uh, as Kincaid, the gamekeeper of the Skyfall estate. Yes. And we also get introduced to... Ray Fiennes as Gareth Mallory. Mallory, who is sort of like a, he's the head of a intelligence committee, and he's very much, a, he's not for what M is doing. Like, there's a very, you know, like, he's against a lot of things that, that M is doing. He's still a patriot. He's still, yes. like, he loves his country, but he just, he feels that M and MI6 are very outdated. Yes. Um, foreshadowing. Um, so those are basically the new people in this movie. So this movie really starts, in my opinion, when when this movie came out, I was like, okay, this is where it becomes the normal bond. Yeah. You know, you have Q, you have Money Penny. You also think that this movie, when it starts, is they're breaking that chain of this story arc, basically. You think. Yes. You think. Now, um, you don't really know it in this movie, as Steve pointed out in the interview, you really don't know until Spectre that... Silva is was funded by Spectre. Yes. So they, in a way, do make a storyline that is severed from the first two movies. Now, whether that was intended, and they were intended to wait till Spectre for you to find out that it was all connected, or they decided after Skyfall, it was like, you know what? We can make this all by Spectre. I don't know that. But like I said, walking out of that movie, you're just like, okay, so they didn't continue... The first two into this one, but, you know, very, very good. What would you give Skyfall? I give it a four. I, I'm with you. I think a four out of I five said, is Like I said, perfect. I still think Casino Royale is just a tad Just a touch. Better. Just a tad little. better. Just the tip. Just the tip is, better. Don't, and, I, and, I, and I think as a movie, I think this is a better made movie. But I just think Casino Royale just hit all the right, you know, things. Yeah. With just all the different things you never really saw in a Bond film in mm -hmm. a long time, that's why that gets a little more, a little more praise from me. That's fair. Let's talk about the movie we're not going to praise too much. Spectre, <sighs> even more of an upset than uh, Quantum of Solace. I w I will completely agree <sighs> because it just Skyfall saved it, and then Spectre was just like, oh hey, hold my beer. Yeah, but because you're. you're we'll all right, hold on. Good first. We'll do the good first. No, but like Christoph Waltz. How okay, so miss? all right, well let's let's address the bad then first. So that you they introduce Christoph Waltz, and at first they tell him he's Franz Obenhauser. 
Now, we learn from Star Trek Into Darkness that when you cast a big name and then give him some sort of random... And also, the movie's called Spectre. What? <laughs> Come on. It was well, an we insult. Knew to... he, we knew he was Blofeld. We knew he was Blofeld. I wish that they had just kind of... That, I didn't have a... That was fine. We knew he was Blofeld. I was expecting that. It was what we find out. That they had some sort of adopted brother type uh, relationship, that they knew each other as kids. I was like, you don't need this. I have no problem with them revealing that, you know, what's his, uh, that Blofeld was responsible for all this. Yeah. You know, Vesper and sending Quantum and... and uh, Silva, I have no problem with that. I, my problem is that you have to. They're trying to add this backstory to make it relatable, and, all, and I'm like, you don't need to. No, you, you really, really do not need, need to. to. But, but I, I mean, this was our first Blofeld since Diamonds Are Forever. If you don't count that little appearance in the beginning of For Your Eyes Only, and they don't even call him Blofeld in that. I mean, yeah. it's just a bald guy in a wheelchair. But this was the return of the, you know. The definitive. the definitive Bond villain, you know, besides Goldfinger, in my opinion. Played by one of the best actors of our oh, time. Oh, I mean, a two-time Academy Award winning, Christoph Waltz. I mean, it, it was perfect. It was like, okay, that makes sense. Let's do this. Um, you obviously have everybody coming back. Uh, you introduce, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, Leia Seydoux as Madeline Swan. Who I really don't like. Really? I don't mind her, but... There's just something about James Bond having a lasting love interest that always bothers me. And we'll talk about that. Okay, fair enough. She's a psychiatrist working at a private medical clinic, um, and you find out she is the daughter of Mr. White. Yeah. So that obviously ties everything in. Um, you obviously get Q's back, Money Penny's back. Um, at the Well, we really didn't talk about it. Judy Dench, M, dies it's at the Skyfall, end of Skyfall. Yeah. And, and Ray Finds, Mallory, finds takes, Mallory over. takes over as M. So we, you know... We get back to the original, uh, you know, you know, male M, um, and this casting. You know, when we found out that this guy was cast, we were like, "Oh, this makes sense." Dave Bautista, fresh off of you know, Guardians of, of the, the Galaxy. Galaxy, and he plays what we all were hoping he was going to be like Jaws. Um, he just plays a character called Mr. Hanks, Inspector's top assassin, and I was very underwhelmed. Underwhelmed. I mean, their, their fight scene on the train is fantastic. It's great, but it just, I was like, had he you just missed been Jaws? An, you, you missed an opportunity there. Or even better, Odd Job. That would have been hilarious. I could have I could have been okay with that, but I think just with how big I know, that's Dave why, Bautista that's is. That's why it would have been funny. I know, but to me, you missed a huge opportunity there. That it's funny because, like, you know, they they spent so much time getting away from the older James Bond mythos. And we're going to talk about it for No Time to Die because Sean pointed out something while we were watching it that I really was hoping was true just because I knew he wouldn't like it. Oh. But um, so for me, like, you could have had Dave Bautista. Because in all honesty, nothing was taken away from Bautista if he was playing Jaws. No. He would have played it was the exact same movie. Pretty much. And so it, it is a shame. But um, I, I enjoyed him in it. And I forget how big he actually is. Mm. Like, he is a big guy. Yes. I would not want to fight him ever. But uh, Daniel Craig does. And he went. And they talk about their, their fight scene like afterwards. Like, I think Dave Bautista like, accidentally like hurt Daniel Craig during it. Oh, and he's like super embarrassed about it. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, we get, we get the... The reveal that it's actually Blofeld. I do like the opening scene on the uh, with the Day of the Dead stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really cool visually. Uh, the train scene is is a is a fun one. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about? Um, I mean, again, Sam Mendes comes back to direct, so you're 
like, oh, okay, you know, we're going to get the continuation of, of Skyfall, you know, again, great director. And I don't know, just nothing stood out to me in this movie. Like, yeah. Nothing, I, I, I... The I'm torture on, scene is intense. Yeah, but just, again, just blah, you know, it was such, to, to finally get Blofeld. Spectre and Blofeld, you know, together and back into a Bond film, it just... Didn't it was underwhelming. Up. Didn't live up. Didn't live up. I thought they could have done it so much better. Um, we do get Monica Bellucci as a, a Bond, Bond, girl, Bond yeah. girl. I think, you know, I mean, she's still gorgeous now, but that should have been 20 years ago. Lucia you know. Sicara. Yeah. Again, but, really awkward that at the day of his, of her husband's funeral, Bond's like, hey, what's up? What's up? How you doing? James but Bond. Bond, James the, Bond. The, the, the whole Blofeld brother thing, I mean, we walked out of that theater going like, I never thought I'd say this, but Austin Powers beat them to it. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I remember yeah. you saying that. I was they do. Like, I was like, God. Oh. I was like, why would they go there? That's just, that's that's Superman having a son right yeah. there. Oh. <laughs> I know that would uh, bring Oh, back. you're going to just do that right before we jump into the next one. Oh, All yeah. Right. But, right. um, so uh, what would you give, uh, what would you give Skyfall? Two and a half. It's a completely average movie. Okay. I'd, uh, I'd probably give it a three, just the same as Quantum. Word. You want to take a quick break and then... Uh, yeah, we'll take a quick bake and... Wait, break. We're going to make a bake? We're going to make a bake. A uh, quick break and we will be right back. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Raise Energy Drinks. Raise is a proud member of Rep Sports. And if you guys are looking for a little extra kick during your day, whether you need to tackle a workout or you need to get over that afternoon slump... You can always check out Raise Energy, and if you get to check out and you enter the code CINEMATIC, not only will you be getting a 15% discount, but you'll also be supporting the network. So that's Raise Energy with Rep Sports. Code is CINEMATIC, C-I-N-E-M-A-T-I-C. And we're back, and we are now going to discuss the final film in the Daniel Craig James Bond uh, franchise and uh spoiler alert spoiler alerts uh will come um but just the I mean I know this movie was supposed to technically come out last year so it would have been a 5 year gap between Spectre and uh No Time to Die but now I think that this ties the gap between uh uh License to Kill and and, and Goldeneye so this is a long wait for this movie this movie had a lot of issues you know in in pre-production yeah uh you know, Danny Boyle was set to direct it, another Academy Award winning director. So I was very, very interested in seeing how he was going to do a Bond film. Uh, he leaves the movie uh, due to, uh, you know, disagreements in where the movie is going. And they they, um, they choose uh, another director who has done some movies, but he's not, you know, I don't think he is a huge name. And that's Kerry, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, uh, Fukunaga? Fukunaga? Yeah, yeah, I think you got it. Um, he was originally supposed to direct it. And, you know, but that also fell through. So interesting choice um, of a director. And uh, but I, I, I enjoyed a good portion of it as we get into that. But mm-hmm. uh, how about you? Uh, just did it feel like this movie took forever just to get out? Oh, so long. Like, I, mean, I, I think it was like... that last year that really that really made. Yeah, it feel... because like knowing that it was like done and yeah. ready to go and ready to release. Yeah. And then suddenly just another thing COVID took from us, man. Kept, like... kept pushing back, kept pushing back, kept seeing the trailer. Same trailer, just, just, you know, just kept, just kept, just kept, you know, just, it was right there. It was just right just there. Like, she just kept tapping you. And, you're like, and then the movie finally comes out and it came out like a month in advance for like the rest of the world or something ridiculous. Like I remember it came out or two, just two weeks. 
So like then you had to duck spoil. Luckily, I did not get spoiled on anything for this no, movie. I was kind of no. surprised, especially considering how it had spoiler alert. But I also don't look for spoilers. Like I don't go looking. Yeah, in but sometimes like you're just scrolling. Like that's why like for the new Spider Man movie, I'm really debating going to see it the Thursday night beforehand. Yeah. Just because I don't trust the internet anymore. Well, that's fair. I don't trust people anymore. Instead of looking like both ways when I cross the street, I look up and down now, just in case. <laughs> I look I look both ways on a one way street. That's how that's how much I don't trust oh, people. There you go. Yeah. Well, but yeah, I mean, like, especially I'm just really glad that this movie finally came out. It's 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 well worth the watch. Yes. And it made its it made money. Thank God. That was it the biggest make, thing. It, it made money, but it's not going to be in anywhere. It's it's a it's a box office hit, but not like but not. It, it's not going to make its money back for the studio. Between you know promotioning promotion and all that stuff, I think like this movie had to make like nine hundred million dollars to, to to break even. Steve said, and as of Wikipedia's page, it's seven hundred thirty-five million. Which you look at going like, well, that's nothing to sneeze. That's no, it's not. But it's still technically lost money. Mm-hmm. You know, there are movies out there that made a lot of money, but technically still lost money. So, you know, it's it's a shame. And uh, um, Steve, you know, gets into it a little more um, when we asked him about, you know, where do you think the future of this franchise is going to go? Like, you know, Amazon bought the, um, the film library of MGM. Mm-hmm. So is Amazon going to, you know, be a big factor in the making of the Bond films? Are the, you know, is uh, Barbara Broccoli and and, uh, Michael Wilson going to sell, you know, the Bond franchise? Because, you know, it's a lot of competition for Bond now, you know, between Marvel, between DC, or even like John Wick. John Wick. I mean, everybody's making these action movies. Like every actor is going to have their... You know, they're taken, which we oh, always God, joke with. Yeah. You know, Keanu Reeves has John Wick. You know, Liam Neeson has taken, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, you know Bond's no, and Bond, even though it's still an, an event film, it's not the event film it used to be. Correct. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm very interested to see where, where they go, which again, we're not going to know at least till sometime next year. Right. You know? Um, but let's talk about. How this movie, the movie, this movie has a, a very long opening scene. Yeah, it's it's like World Is Not Enough. Very, uh, it's it's on the long. So like side. its own story in itself, yeah. and basically it's it starts off. We we see Madeline Swan. She living like her worst life in the nicest little house. Like as a kid, as a kid, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know we find out that uh, what's his face uh, Safin. I can't say his first name. It's killing me here. Lucifer. Lucifer. I'll go with Lucifer. Lucifer Saffin. Um, he is... All right, so let, let's get this out of the way. We're watching the movie, and towards the end, Sean goes, oh, he better not be Dr. No. Because one of the characters... I would have been upset One of the characters that. call him Doctor. Yes. And Sean immediately goes, he better not be Dr. No. He's it, like, because he's been giving me that vibe. And it's funny, you look at Dr. No, Julius No. Yeah. They have a similar look. They do. And with the whole, you know, island, his his island base, you know, the acid water, I was like, okay. And even and even before the movie, like when I saw Rami Malik in the trailers, I was like, he looks kind of like he could be a Dr. No. I would have been okay with it. I would have been. I, and I, I don't take it as I was upset by it. I was just like, oh, are they going to make him Dr. No? Obviously, you know, spoiler alert, he gets killed at the end. So, yo, that arm break is rough. Oh, we all three of us were just like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, yeah, that was God, 
But we, we get back into kind of the James Bond tropes, you know, bio super weapon, going to destroy the world. Bond comes out of retirement again. He's to, asked by Felix Leiter. Yes, um, to do kind of pro bono or like do a job for him, like, yeah. I, which is great. I love the relationship that those two have, mm-hmm. considering he wasn't in two of the movies. Yeah, he wasn't. He was Quantum of Solace was the last one he was in. He wasn't yeah. in Skyfall. He wasn't Inspector. And I, and I love him in both. Like he's a high point of Quantum of Solace. You know, like how much time do I have? 60 seconds. <laughs> Like he was great in this movie, and I loved his inner. Like you could tell that, you could tell that other things happened with them in between. So like you look at Skyfall. Skyfall takes place. He's he's like peak James Bond at that point. Like yeah. when the opening scene, like he's been doing missions. He's been doing this. So I can see him and Felix like having interacted oh, sure. plenty of times since then. I mean, you you even in all the other Bond films. I mean, in the few movies that Felix Leiter makes an appearance, they have a camaraderie between them that you know they've worked together numerous times. They respect each other, you know. They're they truly are friends. Um, you see a lot of that in License to Kill. I mean, you know, the story is centered around getting you know vengeance for Felix. Yeah. And so you know, it was good because you never saw Felix in the in the Pierce Brosnan movie. So getting that character back. Yeah, Jack Wade kind of took that spot. Jack Wade kind of became the Felix Leiter in the first two Brosnan films, but Jeffrey Wright, who's again another fantastic actor, um, I thought he was great as uh, Felix Leiter and. The, the lighter he portrays in this one, it's kind of like, you know, he, he looks like he's been... Been through the trenches. Been through the trenches. You know, he's definitely, you know, older. You know, he shows... I think he shows his age a little more than, than Daniel Craig shows his age. But, um, you know, it, it was good seeing him back. It yeah, really I was. agree. But... Um, he died. Yeah, that was sad. They, they, Dang Logan Ash. I hated Logan Ash. Yeah, he, he, you could tell right from the beginning. This guy's... Nah, I don't like this guy. Oh, God. Like, at first but, you think he's just a swarmy company man, and then he turns out to be, like, an assassin. But the, what I liked about the opening scene was, you know, obviously uh, Madeline and Bond are together. Um, you know, they're, it's very reminiscent of... Uh, the ending, of, the ending of uh, Casino Royale, like they're they're in love, they're they're happy, you know, they're gonna live forever, and there's a good moment between the two of them because there's no time to die. There you go, um, you know, kind of like, okay, well, what's your bad memory, and what's your secret? What's your secret? And then you know, she knows about Vesper, so she knows he'll never you know be happy until he lets her go. Just so happens where they are is where she's buried. So he goes to her tomb. And he gets ambushed by Spectre. And he gets ambushed by Spectre. And, you know, her tomb literally explodes. I like how they still have, like, Spectre's still the bad guy in yes. this. That, that was a good point. Yes. Well, it, it is and it isn't. It is and it isn't. Because we, we find out uh-huh. that Blofeld is actually alive and he's just in jail. Yes. Because like, James didn't kill him at the end. Now, after he escapes, and I love this scene where he thinks that she betrayed him just like Vesper did. Yes. Because she was the only one who knew he was going over there. That was, and he, you could, you could see it. He is just broken. He's broken. Again. Yeah. He's just like, I, I fell for this again. Yeah. Like, really? And there's not the, I love the scene where they're in the car and they are lighting that car up. And he's just, sitting there. and he's just cold. Yep. Like, and she's like, do something, say something. And he finally says, okay. And he, you know, drops the guns and the smoke and like the pure James Bond. And just, it's really, it was a rough opening scene. I was waiting, like, I was waiting for her to be bad, but, like, I don't know if I'm, I was happy that she wasn't, but it was just, like, I'm like, okay, okay. She's yeah. she's really scared. She's really scared. Like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. 
No. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they're going to stick with her being truly good. Okay. Good. All right. So, wow. Wait a <sighs> Bury the lead. I hated it. <laughs> But anyway, so it, we get a time jump of five years. Bond's been living off the grid in the nicest, coolest house setup ever. With a raid, with a with a raid forest waterfall shower. What was yep, that? yep. <laughs> and uh, you know, oh, the bedroom's over there, separate building. <laughs> God, where does he get the money for this stuff? But basically, the the story is, Rami Malek is trying. He steals this bio weapon, mm-hmm. or he Spectre steals it, and then he coerces yes. uh, through it. So you think Spectre's the bad guy during this, and they all think Spectre's the bad guy during this, but it's really Rami Malek's character. And we find out that, you know, Bond gets recruited by Felix, and we get one of the cool one of the coolest Bond scenes is the the party. Mm-hmm. Where for, first and foremost, they, they do the trope of the, the Bond girl, you know, instantly falling in love with James. She's like undressing him and he's like, uh, shouldn't we get to know each other a little bit better? Oh, uh, what what's her name? Uh Anna de Armas. She was fan. She was great. And, and and I will say I thought definitely I would love to see more of her. I thought she was uh very um just you know, like funny and like, you know, the way they had her, she was just very she was nervous. She was excited. N- nervous and excited. Like she like you could tell like, like this might have been like her first ever mission. Um but I really liked it and she can hold her own. Oh yeah, the there fight scenes some, were the great. The fight scenes were fantastic. Um, but what the, the, the weapon the the weapon of this movie might be one of the scariest weapons ever created for a Bond film. It might be the most yeah. crazy idea, but personalized nanobots. Seriously. And it's like, so you can, you can have these nanobots on you that your whole life, but it will only affect certain people. Whoever the DNA is encoded to. Oh, cause so basically at this party, it's all specter. The Spectre people, like you know, the high end people you know, the who are tied Spectre to party. Spectre. So there's this great scene where the henchman is holding a, I guess you could say, a robotic eye, and it's a voice is coming from it, and it's Blofeld, and he knows Bond is there, and he's like, "Hello, James, you know, this is for you." Cuckoo. And so basically, he intended for Bond to die with this, you know nanobite you know dna weapon but the was the scientist guy changed the dna to all of the specter guys so all of the specter people are literally dropping dead horrifically horrifically like you know boils and skin melting and it's like pretty nasty yeah but we also get some of the best james bond stuff where uh they go make a drink in the middle of the battle yes cheers (laughs) cheers they go back out i love it Cause like okay, where's this story going now? Like all the Spectre guys are dead. Like you, it, it would have been easy to think that Remy Malik's character was just taking over Spectre. Over Spectre, but he's not. He's getting revenge against Spectre. Yeah, getting revenge um, against everybody. Against everybody. Um, and so that was a great scene. And we also were introduced to the new 007. Yes. Which Lashana Lynch. Lashana Lynch as Nomi. Now, okay, so everybody freaks out. No, 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 no. I, I'm not. This is not where I'm going with this. What I'm going here with is so for years, even even like pre Craig, there was always this, you know, discussion that James Bond is not a name. It's, it's a, a title. It's a title. A um, code name. A code name. Now they don't exactly go that direction. They go with that. Just 007 is just a number. Yeah. Could be could be given to anybody. It's, so Bond's gone. They give 007 to to this new to the new MI6 agent, and 
But they really harp on that throughout the movie that it's just a number, it's just a letter, you know, like, so they really went that direction where I was like, okay, so what you're saying is that when we get our next Bond, are we not going to have Ray Fines and Q? I don't think so. I think they're going to recast a clean clean, clean reboot. reboot. So I was interested by that. I was like, okay, you're really harping on this. It's just a number. It's just a letter. So, okay, then that means to me that you're going to totally reboot this. We're not going to see anybody uh, in the in the next Bond. They're just going to start from scratch like Casino Royale did. Yeah. So, Which I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm fine with too. Um, we, we told our story. Yeah, I'm okay with. So that was interesting. Um, Christoph Waltz returns as Blofeld. For just to die. Literally the a most. A and a half. The most just kind of boring death ever. You don't even see him actually die. You don't even see him die. So, like, I was kind of like, well, that was a little underwhelming. Yeah. Like, not even, you don't even see him suffer. You don't even see him, like, you know. Don't get me wrong. It's an interesting scene because she is poisoned by Safin. And Bond touches her by and accident. And Bond touches her, not obviously knowing. Um, and then Bond obviously touches Blofeld as he goes to, like, strangle him. And, in a way, Bond kills Blofeld. Not intentionally, but because the scene itself is actually really good. It's a great scene, great scene because you know there's <laughs> there's Tanner in the other room. He's like Bond, Bond, calm, calm, yeah, damn Bond. So that was a good scene, but it just I was like, oh, he's dead. Oh, and they're all just kind of like. I think it would have been an even better scene for them to turn around. He's like dying, and they're like, uh, do we what? save him? <laughs> I agree. I would have been like, can can we get a little more? Reaction? Yeah, I think it was just—it was just very kind of like nonchalant, like oh, he's dead. Okay, so I thought that was kind of a you know that Let's was down? one thing I didn't—I didn't care for. Let's talk about letdowns and things I didn't care for. Oh, here we go. James Bond has a kid. Oh, you have a—you have a thing against kids? I don't. No, you <laughs> watch it, but no, I just there's some characters that I think should never really <laughs> reproduce. Not even reproduce. It just should never be. Tied down. Unfortunately, no, James Bond is one of those characters that shouldn't have those connections. I, I'm sorry. Like, I hate to say it. Like, as great as Vesper and, and even Madeline are, like, as characters, they're they're so busy trying to fix James Bond. Like, it's such a trope. It's such a stereotype. But I don't think For it's... me, like, but, like, I look at James Bond movies, and when I think James Bond, I don't ever think of... It's queen and country, James. Like, that you know, is... No, I, I agree with you, but... I didn't have a problem with the fact that he actually fathered a child because the running joke is he's got to have like millions of kids all over oh, the world. Totally fair, but, but I don't know. It just I, and I always feel like it's such a a, a writer's crutch to add. I agree. I mean, you look at movies like Indiana Jones, Superman Returns, where it just doesn't work. Did and we ever discover if that was actually his kid? Superman Returns. It is his actual kid. And it really is. Well, it's even funnier because in the comics they did have Superman and Lois did have a son named John, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. Like they do really good work, and John's actually taken over as the main yes. Superman. But like, I, I just find in movies, especially with characters like this, it's just, oh, it's just, it just doesn't sit well with me. No, I, I I get it, and and watching this movie with you last night. I have to admit, I chuckled because when he's in the house and all of a sudden you hear the noise and he turns around, and there's just f- literally you could tell the kid's like five years old as he's about to get busy with her mother. <laughs> and uh, we just we're just like, oh, and she goes, hey, she's not yours. And I'm like, she, she, it, it is his. Like, but on. the blue eyes, she's not yours. She's not yours. <laughs> 
I will say this is the funniest Daniel Craig James Bond we've ever gotten. Yes. He is he's so funny in this. He, he does have some he really does have some. It's a little ones. bit more knives out, Daniel Craig. Oh, I hear you. From what I've seen, because I have not seen knives out. I'll, Highly I'll, recommend I'll, it. I want to Very go, good movie. See. We should just do that next week. But um there you go. No, Christmas movies. That's true. Holiday movies December. next week. Yep. But uh, for me, like I really I, I found that James Bond was at his best in this and I we're watching it, and again, spoiler alerts, he does die at the end. But I really wanted them to to find a way to live him on in some capacity. Um, unfortunately, the, the rules with deaths uh, in movies are if you see it, it, it usually happens. Yeah. If you don't see it, it doesn't always mean that it happened. Um, but I brought up Sherlock Holmes and Game of Shadows while we were watching it, where at the end you do find out that he is alive and he leaves like a little package for Watson and then he changes the typewriter. Mm-hmm. But like I would like he they go he goes out of his way to get the the girl's uh, doll just for him just for the there's no payoff to it. No, it, you're right. Um, they really they they. What do they do? They they, they they really make it so that he's going to live happily ever after with Madeline and his daughter. They you know the daughter escapes from Safin and f- you know, magically shows up exactly where they are. She told me he died, and you know he obviously has to stay behind to open the the, the doors so that the the missiles that they fired at the island will actually uh, work. And he does it great, awesome, and he's up there, and all of a sudden they start closing, and he's like freaking out, and. Then we get, you know, he's shot by by Safin, who we thought was had, I guess, escaped because no, he was a, having a meeting with uh, having a meeting. buyers. Oh, but then we get this like not really a fight scene, but like it was okay. It wasn't like that arm know. break though. Woof. Oh man, that was. But see, I would have liked it better if James. So basically, James Bond resigns himself to his fate because he's like, I can't be with them anyway. Because yeah, yeah. he gets poisoned. He gets poisoned because Safin had taken uh, a DNA, strand of, her hair. strand of both of their... Just, get, uh, no, just... Just uh, Madeline. You see him playing with it when she walks into the office. That's right. Yeah. And so basically by breaking that little glass thing on Bond, he is now poisoned that if he touches either of the, you know, Madeline or uh, Mathi- Mat- Matilda... Matilda. 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 Um, they will die. So... And that's why I wanted... I would I would have rather that movie ended with him resigning himself to never be with them mm. to save them as opposed to sacrificing him. He doesn't even need to sacrifice himself. He could have gotten off that. I'm sure he could have. James Bond. I'm sure he could. So have. I think it would have been a much better ending if we find out that he went back to MI6 and he was still James Bond. I was waiting for it. I was waiting. when they were doing the toast. Yeah. I was waiting for him to pick up the glass and be like, "Why are you guys all so depressed?" Or, or even a mid-credit sequence, something where they, where they get the doll delivered yeah, to them. Yeah, something. But they didn't. And, and we even I even said after the movie ends, I'm like, I can't believe they did that. I commend like, them I, for doing it. I commend it. Um, it's it's. I again, we weren't, you know, when we were watching Die Another Day, we we were we were unaware that that was going to be the last Pierce Brosnan movie. Uh, I'm sure View to a Kill, many people thought was going to be the last Roger Moore movie, but they didn't kill him. Um, you know, there are some characters that just you never kill off. I mean, uh, I remember, uh, you know, Rocky was supposed to die at the end of Rocky Five, and the studio was like, "No, you don't kill Rocky." You don't kill James Bond. You don't kill Indiana Jones. You don't you, you don't kill these characters. So the fact that they did it to me is amazing. Yeah. So what would you give this movie? Star City Radio. I give it three and a half. I think I'm with you on that. It's it's very good. It's a good send off to to Daniel Craig's Bond and uh 
I'm excited to see where they want to go next. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple months, and when they finally announce, so we'll do a special episode who's for gonna, it. Who's going to going to be the next Bond? But uh, as a whole, what would you give Daniel Craig as the character? Uh, Daniel Craig or the, his movies? Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig, four to a four and a half as James Bond. I agree. He, he is never not good in these movies. He's one of those character actors who is great even when the script isn't. Fair enough. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our James Bond month. We had fun uh, doing it as well as the added uh, incentive of being able to interview uh, Steve. Steve Rubin. Um we are going to be doing our holiday month starting next week. Um, we honestly do not know what movies we're going to be talking about. What a shock. Well, it's funny because if you go on our website, there's now an, uh, a contact us page directly on our website. So wow. if you guys have suggestions for shows, please, or if you would like to be an interviewee on our new show, MF Uncensored, uh, send us your resume. Tell us what you do. Tell us uh, what you would bring to a show. And we are looking for people to interview uh, starting next year because we are booked up almost for all of December and part of January already. Oh, look at us. Yes. So uh, again, you can check that out at themisfitfaction.com. You could also find a link to all of our uh, friends and affiliates page where we have uh, links to all the people that work with us within our network. And uh, it's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff coming up. You can find us on uh, Facebook, Cinematic Adventures, Misfit Faction, Instagram, Misfit Faction, Twitter, Misfit Faction, and YouTube, The Misfit Faction Media Network. Congratulations. That was good. Thanks, man. As always, I am Sean. And I'm Paul. And everybody have a good rest of your day. Tonight. Maybe, depending on what time you're listening. I was doing James Bond. I know. All right, I'm going to stop the show.